Our limitations, self-doubt, and limiting beliefs about ourselves. Why do we give them so much power? I'm Simon Caruso, and this is the Limitless Man Podcast, speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential. Today's guest, guys, grew up in Wales, and he's going to share with us how he shifted from a limited life of addiction and trauma to now living in Peru with his wife, creating the brand Casa Galactica. They offer ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats, online private sessions, and group programs. He's now dedicated his life to helping and healing others through this method, the way he healed himself. Michael Thornhill, thanks a lot for coming on, mate. Welcome to the podcast. Simon. Listeners, thank you so much. An absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Take it away, mate. Tell us from the start, how did it all happen? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. So I think I'll just jump straight into the addictions because that's what we're kind of talking about. And that was really the motivation for me to start changing my life. So I was heavily addicted to alcohol, drugs, mainly MDMA, ketamine, uh, cocaine, and other other kind of amphetamines and other things like that uh sex work money yeah everything just to kind of numb my life so it was very i was very successful so when you're successful i you get away with it because no no one thinks no one thinks so much it's like if you if i was doing what i was doing and if i was homeless someone would have been like wow this guy's life is a mess but because because i was being successful then then you that you get a free pass yeah and you don't necessarily think that it's it's out of control so um for me you know from around about 10 or 11 years old something like that or i began to to look at alcohol and marijuana and so somewhere between 11 and 12 or something like that and yeah through my teenage years i was very i was i was always high i was always drunk and just looking for the next high um when I was, when I was around about seventeen or eighteen, that's when I started to really get into some kind of the harder drugs. Started partying, DJing. You know, I went to university. I was a studying chemistry, and basically, you know, exploring life, having a lot of fun, a lot of partying. I, you know, I had a few friends that died through drug overdoses. Look, thankfully, I was, I was luckily, you know never never happened to me but if i look back i'm i'm sure there's a few times where it was a little bit kind of close to the edge a little bit too close for comfort so you hit it pretty hard yeah yes yeah. yes that would be an understatement but <laughs> yeah very very much so yeah um honestly i i it was it was it was also it was also good it was a fun time in my life it was it was really fun you know i kind of grown up in wales and i now know that there was a lot of tra- trauma and abuse there and for me, the the drugs and the addiction and kind of like leaving the home life and being free, I was living in Ibiza and partying and DJing, all these things. It was like a f- sense of freedom to me that I'd not experienced. And for the first time, I felt free. I think for the first time, I felt carefree. I felt, I would say, I felt on some level limitless. Obviously, that wasn't really the, the case, but it was that kind of first taste of, okay, wow, I don't have to follow the societal norms. I don't have to do what my parents say. And I can start actually living my own life and becoming my own person. For me at that time, it was very much 
passion was music and music still is, but it was, that was kind of my escape from the, the mundane. And, you know, when I got a bit older, I was working, got a really good job in recruitment, ended up having my own company uh, in renewable energy recruitment, finding people jobs. And I had, I would say, a decent amount of money that meant that I could, I could just kind of take the addictions to really whatever level I wanted to. And I started having more free time, more money. And at the end of it, I still I started to recognize I'm just, I'm having to push myself harder to, to try and get the same highs and the lows are even lower. And then I was starting to recognize and realize when I wanted to stop, try and stop, I realized I couldn't. I couldn't stay so if I was if I would stop drinking I'd start smoking weed or if I'd stop smoking weed I'd start drinking or something like this. When did you realize that, Michael? What, what, what do you remember the point or the age or the time where that became that realization? I'd probably say it was around about twenty six years old, twenty six, something like that. Yeah. And um yeah, the the big catalyst for me was my mother passed away about five or six years ago. And it was an opportunity for me to to look death in the face and all this partying and all the way that I was kind of treating my body and not really caring about living. And, that, you know, partly to be coming, being suicidal and depressed, just really just thinking if I'm going to go kind of like live fast, die young kind of scenario. Then when I saw my mother pass away and she'd been ill all my life, I kind of looked death in the face a little bit differently. And then I started to think, right, I really need to, I really want to change. And then I, then I even realized even more, wow, I really, I'm really having difficulty. Got into meditation, I started going to some spiritual events, met a great energy healer, a sound healer, started doing work with this woman. And that led me very quickly into, she mentioned to me about ayahuasca. And she said that ayahuasca is really, really great for, for healing addiction. So I read about it and read about that what it can do for people and i managed to find a ceremony where i was living in berlin in germany at the time and i went and i had a very big spiritual transformation and that same weekend i stopped drinking stopped smoking stopped doing drugs stopped smoking weed and then embarked on this deep spiritual journey that led me through to nepal india and all the way to peru and then went studying in the Amazon rainforest, learning how to hold ayahuasca ceremonies, to facilitate ayahuasca ceremonies, continuing to do deep healing work on myself. Eventually met my wife, Jamie, who's from Oklahoma in the States. Uh, we fell in love and we were facilitating ayahuasca retreats and continued to learn and study with the Shipibos in the indigenous traditions. And then eventually, after a period of time, we realized that the work that we're here to do wasn't really going to fit into any of the mold, fit into any of the limitations that might be put by someone else's ideas. Mm. And that was really when we decided to go out on our own, when we really started to discover our limitless potential and then start helping others realize that too. And that's really what the work is that we do at, at Casa Galactica through ayahuasca retreats, online sessions, trauma healing sessions, intuitive readings. It's about helping people come home to the truth of who you are which really means helping you become empowered to live the life that you truly deserve beyond all the limitations, beyond all those nagging voices in your head from all those people in your childhood who told you that you weren't good enough. All those situations, all those relationships that may have left you feeling brokenhearted, all those times where you were told you're not good enough, we're here to help you remind you that you're more than all of that and break free from the shackles of limitation.
Mark, can you just explain to the listeners what ayahuasca is? I've heard of ayahuasca before and I've read a little bit about it, but you obviously, you're quite deep in this. This is what you do. You're an, I'd classify you as an expert in this. So just give it to us, mate. What is it and how does it work and how do people actually yeah. get it? Absolutely. Well, first thing, disclaimer, where you are in your home country, it might be a, a banned substance. It might be illegal. Where we live and work in Peru, it's 100% legal. It's actually part of the national heritage, and which is why we do our retreats here, so that people can come completely legally, completely safely to be able to experience this deep process of healing and evolution. So ayahuasca is actually two plants. It's the ayahuasca vine, which is known as the teacher plant or the teacher part of the brew, although, of course, both plants have intelligence. And then the other part is shakruna, which is a high DMT content plant. So what happens is when you drink the both combined together in the ayahuasca brew, which is a native Amazonian brew, hence another reason why we're also in Peru, the MAOI inhibitors or monoamine oxidase inhibitors in the ayahuasca vine prevent the reuptake of the DMT contained in the chacruna. So what this means is that the DMT realm gets opened And you go into a deep journey guided by the plant teacher Ayahuasca to help heal trauma and recognize unresolved aspects of oneself, see childhood trauma in a different way, re-examine one's life, uh, heal from PTSD, addiction, purge toxic emotions, shame, guilt, anger, come more open to unconditional love and compassion. And become more empowered uh, through the catalytic process of these ayahuasca ceremonies, shamanically held, in our case, in a trauma-informed way, that help one to recognize and see more clearly what it is, perhaps, that one might have incarnated or be on earth for, what the purpose of life might be for you as an individual. Now, of course, everyone's soul blueprint is individual. But in this process, ayahuasca is like a great mirror which helps hold that mirror up to the darkest, more unconscious aspects of yourself. And through healing those, create more space for your limitless potential to be realized, to start seeing yourself beyond the shackles of limitation. So an ayahuasca ceremony lasts anywhere from kind of three to five or six hours. Now it's held in a very safe space. In our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats that we offer here in Peru, we work with just four people. So we work in a very, very uh, intimate and contained container. But what I would say is kind of unique about the work that we do is that we combine it so much with the empowerment teachings about connecting to your limitless potential and also showing you that these plants are actually showing you the power of your own consciousness. So always bringing it back to how you are an infinite being, how you are awesome, how you can do everything. And then doing that, that set and setting in our experience enables people when they come home from those retreats to start implementing that, integrating that into long lasting changes in their life and really changing the trajectory of what something might call being limited or being in the fear state to start recognizing that you have limitless potential to start recognizing to start seizing opportunities that are in alignment with you and really cultivating more joy happiness love and passion in all of your your life and relationship in every aspect pretty much the experience in itself gives people a completely different perspective as to who they are 
why they're here and, and what they're capable of. Because I believe, and science says this now, that, I mean, we're, everything's energy. So we're part of that. Nothing can be created or destroyed. That's, that's science. So that's not woohoo. That's, that's real science. And I believe that we're, you know, spiritual beings having a human experience. And we spoke about this um, off air. And so with the ayahuasca itself, is it a one-off, a one-off experience that people have to go through or is it a continuous thing? Is it something that's done every so often? How does it actually, how is it used so that people awesome. can actually have this experience? Great. Well, I think I will answer that question, but I'm going to give a bit of like a prologue to that. That'll make a little bit more sense. So the first thing is ayahuasca is a sacred plant medicine. So it's not, it's not a drug. Sometimes people get that confused and, and you know, laws and other things like that call things, drugs and hold everything together but it's a plant teacher it's a plant medicine that's showing showing you those deeper aspects of yourself so you can choose more in your own alignment now in the set and setting which you decide to take that plant medicine can very much dictate the type of experience you may have so if you were just going to get hold of some ayahuasca on the black market and take that at home, you may have a very different experience. You may have deep levels of trauma that may come up. And you may not know how to deal with that. It may be energetically unsafe as the space, the container is not held. So what we want to bring it back even further is firstly, all the work that we do at Casa Galactica is trauma informed, which means that we take into account that everyone might have experienced trauma, even if it's completely undiagnosed and unacknowledged. And we also see that people are already whole and complete and that things may have happened to someone in someone's life that have caused different experiences to perpetuate. Now, in terms of the set and setting, the intention for all the work we do with people is to help you heal and evolve. So one part of the retreats that we do is four ayahuasca ceremonies over the 10 days. So we're not drinking it every night and you're not just drinking it one time. Although we do do individualized ceremonies for people who are in the region or want to come and just do one ceremony. But what we find is that multiple ceremonies together in the right container, in the right set and setting with the right teachers. In other words, in our experience, my wife, Jamie and I co-founders of Casa Galactica, both intuitive mediums, plant spirit healers, trained in the Amazon rainforest and advocates and and teachers of trauma informed care. In other words, we're able to, to hold that space in a safe and effective way for you to heal and evolve. So through that process, you have one-on-one sessions with us. There's a whole preparation process. Uh, we, you get recorded workshops. We also have seven different channeled workshops with you on the retreat. You have three individualized sessions. Plus then there's different group activities and group meditations and all these other supporting activities, which help to create that potent container for transformation. So in our experience, the tool of ayahuasca is one part of a plethora of different tools plus other plant medicines that help clean the mind, body, and spirit, that when you combine them all together are much greater than the sum of their parts. So our passion, our joy, our job is to help you recognize how empowered you are to change your life, to shift your life, to live beyond that fear, to also support you through our own direct experience, through our own open sharing, through our own experience of working with countless other people, to help you be vulnerable in those situations, to give you the, the courage and strength or to help find that courage and strength to open your heart after it may have closed down, to start feeling and recognizing that you deserve that life that is for you, to be able to start living like you are limitless rather than hiding like you are limited. So 
the four ayahuasca ceremonies in the way that we set them up with a big preparation before the retreat and a big integration after the retreat is really a powerful combination of different tools and techniques that will help you live a more limitless life. Well, well said. Awesome, mate. <laughs> Can I take you back? I just want to take a few steps back. When you were, when you made this transition, because people are listening now there, and I'm glad you told your story and it is the story that it is. And in that there wasn't a major tragedy, so to speak, there wasn't, your life was, um, pretty normal the way you describe it and successful i mean obviously the passing of your mother was was the catalyst for change but i mean you didn't go through you know growing up in poverty i imagine did you grow up middle class is it lower class what, what how did you actually grow up yeah i grew i grew up uh i would say kind of working class but we definitely we definitely had enough money we had food yeah. on the table i grew up with my grandparents mainly because my mother was ill in hospital all of her life um my parents divorced at eight years old so throughout the working with plant medicines what i was able to discover at the root cause of the addictions which is often what when anyone's going through addictions it's not always brought to the case that there actually might have been experiences in your life that have caused you be to be addicted to something so in my experience my parents and other people of a close family would say that there was something wrong with me that I was a bad person or that I was a good for nothing or something like this so through the healing of plant medicines over the last six years or so uncovered deep levels of sexual abuse ritual abuse violent abuse which were at the root cause of the PTSD and the addiction so what I was actually experiencing whilst I wasn't aware of this before I drank to ayahuasca every time that I would actually try to get sober then all of the anxiety all of the PTSD, all of the depression would come to the surface and it'd be too much. So that's when I would drink. That's when I would smoke weed. That's when I would go party or whatever it may be. So then going through that process of then actually healing those wounds, once the wounds are actually healed, then you no longer need to suppress the symptoms because the symptoms are more mild or even dissipate and disappear. So this is really about what the work is with plant medicines. It's about healing at the root cause. So the difference between something like an antidepressant pharmaceutical medication, although they have their place and purpose, the difference is, is that plant medicines go to the root cause to excavate the trauma at the root cause. So if you imagine if you had like a thorn in your skin and you just kept putting something over the top, it would keep getting infected. You would still be in pain. You'd have to take that thorn out for it to be able the skin to be able to heal from the inside out. Yeah. And that's what plant medicines enable us to do. They enable us to heal from the inside out so that the, the, the cravings aren't there. So that the, the different angers, the different, the different traumatic experiences have healed. So the symptoms no longer need to express themselves. And that's what's really powerful because it can, it can transform one's life that might take 5, 10, 15, 20 years to do the same with therapy. Or you might not even get there because you might be so closed down from those experiences. The protection might be so close and up, just like I was, not talking about my feelings, not talking about my emotions, just partying, getting drunk and keeping myself numb. It took a real shaking and awakening for me to be able to go on this path of healing and evolution. And plant medicines have been a fundamental part of that just with your career this is where i wanted to go back your you've got a successful career this is in wales yeah no i was in uh i was in wales and i was in manchester and london and in england and then i ran a business in germany okay so you had this magnificent business up and running successful 
as many people are listening to this, they've either got a corporate job or they might have a business and they've got similar feelings of, you know, unfulfillment. Um, they're, they're depressed. They're turning to drugs and alcohol. For you, I just want to know what was, what did you have to change about yourself or what did you have to change the way you looked at yourself or did you, some of your beliefs that had to change for you to take that leap, even to explore ayahuasca like before that, something must have changed or you must have had some thought process leading up to that. Do you recall what that was? Um, yeah. A couple of things. So the, the way the universe worked for me isn't as quite as uh, linear as it might seem. So firstly, I was getting into meditation and I was kind of into that. And then honestly, when I met this sound healer, it was a very beautiful woman and someone I'd known from previously before. And we started hanging out and I started going to these sound healing sessions, partially because I was wanting to heal. And then on some level, just because I was wanting to like be around this woman. And I, that was, I got way more than I bargained for because I started having these really deep healing and awakening processes. I started feeling connection with my mother's spirit and started having these like big emotional releases, which I was just not, not really aware of. So on some level, I would say that the universe met me where I was to have some kind of, I would say maybe lower level motivation for kind of staying around with this woman for this healing. Yet at the same time, it was super beneficial for me. And then through that process, hearing about ayahuasca, it was really the ayahuasca that really kind of pulled me out of that perspective. So those kind of like meditations and, you know, this woman was um, really incredible healer. There's nothing, there's no doubt about that. I'm just talk, more talking about the kind of like the level of my motivation was also kind of like stuck in trauma, you know, okay, great. This woman's quite attractive. I'm going to, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get this. And that was kind of like the, that was kind of like the precursor or like the preparation, which kind of like softened me enough to kind of be open to this ayahuasca experience. And yeah, then when I had that ayahuasca experience, I went through and saw things that I couldn't unsee, had experiences that just felt so true beyond my mind, even though they didn't even make sense. Can you I describe it, mate? Why are you on that? Can you, is there any way you can put this into words at all, right? Just to give some perspective around it? Yes, absolutely. So the first, the first, the first part of the ayahuasca ceremony, I um, to summarize it, I, I kind of saw some uh, different, I was having these different experiences and kind of just coming into the medicine experience. And then when I went very deep into the medicine, I was then my mother's spirit was communicating with me and it wasn't, it wasn't with my mind. It was like beyond all things of a knowing. So it's difficult to describe, especially when we see the world with our eyes, with our ears, and we kind of, I think we live in a world where if I touch it, it's real. Or if I can prove it, if science can prove it, then I know it's real. Mm. And, you know, I did a chemistry degree. I did a medicinal chemistry degree. So I spent my education trying to prove things right and wrong. And I was very logical reasons. So I wasn't very much open to spirituality in any shape or form. But I kind of saw, I saw Jesus on the bathroom, the first part of that medicine experience. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's just an interesting shape. Oh, I can see that this, this, this plant is making me see things. And I'm like, okay, don't worry about that. Then I kind of went back to the mat and I had this very deep experience where I was connecting with my mother and I went back to being born 
and I saw and felt myself being born and I experienced the unconditional love of resting on my mother and like just being born and my father being there and there's being this unconditional love. And I was felt this whole healing come through my entire body and being. And in that instance, I knew all the drugs, all of the addictions, that was me chasing that unconditional love experience, which was a big gaping void and hole within my life. So it gave me an opportunity to see that, that that's what I'm actually looking for. And then simultaneously that same retreat weekend, I also had a very different perspective where I was, I was kind of shown and kind of, I would say, taken out of my body, out from the experience of being on earth and could see the kind of like timeless, the timeless nature of reality. And I could see, and this didn't make sense to me at the time, I could see that that every time I was drinking, every time I was smoking, every time I was following my addictions, I was going away from, I, w- I was actually detracting. I was distracting myself away from the purpose of why I'd come to planet earth. And I'm like, what does this even mean? But it was like very, very, it was just like, it was a deep knowing. It was undeniable, absolutely undeniable through every cell, every fiber of my being. Then I could see that the way that the institutions, the, the, the education system, the capitalism, the way that the, the bosses, the, the companies that I was working for had all shaped this idea of life that I thought that I had to make money to be happy. And I could see that in that instant that this path that I was on, it wasn't going to make me happy. And that's why I already started to realize, which I think was that catalyst for me when when you're working for someone else. And then you're kind of, you're, you're listening to what everyone's saying, and then you have to do things that other ones to say, and then you, all of a sudden you have your own company, and then all of a sudden it's successful, and all of a sudden you had all those things that you were looking for, and then it's like, but I'm still unhappy. So this thing I've been striving for for 10 years or however long it was, now it's not making me happy, which is what was kind of like caused me to start looking at other avenues, like the meditation, like the, the sound healing and the ayahuasca. So when I was there, I then had all this experience and seeing that every time I was drinking, every time I was doing following these addictions, I was going away from why I was here. And I was actually on a different path, the path of healing to be to help people heal. And this made no sense to me. And I felt myself come back into my body. And then I vomited and threw up, as, which is one of the symptoms of purging in ayahuasca is all these things leave the body. And it was like Neo in the Matrix when Neo first goes to the, and the Matrix and they, they show him that the world that he was living in wasn't real. And he comes back and he throws up and they say, he's going to pop, he's going to pop. It was like that experience. I went to my knees, and I threw up. And I just knew, I was like, I can't go back. I can't unsee that. It wasn't, it wasn't something like a vision. It's not like taking a, a mushroom or LSD or, or smoking weed and you see some images. It was like a complete body knowing that the life that I've been living has been completely limited and I'm living through the lens of society, which doesn't have my best interest at heart. Now, that was just the ceremony experience. The tough part is are you going to go back to living that limited life and try and ignore everything that you've seen? Or are you going to take a chance on infinity, taking a chance on your limitless self and explore that? And that's what happens to me. I decided that I was going to take a chance. I went and did another ayahuasca, a couple of ceremonies recent, like shortly afterwards. And very soon after that, a few weeks later, I was in India. I went to India for a month, started going on this whole spiritual journey, learning all these different spiritual things that I didn't even know what they were learning Reiki, learning yoga, and stayed there for a few months. I was only supposed to go there for a month. I was supposed to go back, but I knew if I went back, I'm going to get stuck back into this old life. Ultimately, I let go of the business and then followed this different life and honestly went from experience of having lots of money to not really having any. 
and letting it all go. And then eventually, after meeting my wife, um, who's also ran successful businesses as well, uh, we're both Capricorns, both run successful businesses. And then together, we created Casa Galactica, which is a really soul aligned business where we feel absolutely passionate. It doesn't really feel like I work a day in my life, even though I work more than I've ever worked. <laughs> it's just continuous, a labor of love and passion to be able to help people go through these experiences. So I feel very, very grateful. I've had to take chances over and over again, let go, not knowing what the outcome is going to be could have failed so many times over but the only thing that's ever happened has been a refinement of my own authenticity and a refinement of integrity and from that place great things happen you know i love how you just said that you had to take chances and you know i've got and i've heard this before and and this happens with me and it's happened with anyone that i've spoken to that's taking chances so it's saying that there's two voices there's this one voice saying feeding you all this positive reaffirmation yet you can do it go for it you've got what it takes and there's this other voice on the other shoulder saying you know well who are you you know who's going to listen to you who are you to chase after that you know why why aren't you happy with what you've got why don't you just shut up and settle and be done with it so did you find that you experienced those two voices as well while you were taking the risks despite having you know experienced the ayahuasca oh yeah i mean Taking the chances, I remember. I remember that point, like when I went to India, and I, you know, took a took a month. I was like, I'm going for a month. Like that was unheard of for me. You know, if anyone's worked in the rat race or you know, running a business where you know finances is a big thing, or running teams and things like this, a lot of people like that don't take that many holidays. I certainly hadn't, so it was a big step for me to take that month. Yeah, and for me to recognize and realize when it was come to the end, I was like, I don't want to go back. I mean that was that was terrifying that was just so so much anxiety and so worried you know after after having all the programming in of like you have to work hard to make all this money and after all that work and effort that i'd done and you know business partners as well but i had to do something truer i had to i had to trust that what i was about to embark on was going to be more important or more aligned but doesn't mean that it's not been scary you know there's there's continuation of that in, in everyday life. You know, Jamie and I, when we've run our business, we continue, we continue to let it all go. We continue to let different situations and, and circumstances that are no longer aligned with us go. The difference is, you know, and this happened for us with the pandemic. When we were in the jungle, we had our center in the jungle and we decided to let go of everything in the jungle. We built a house in the jungle. We decided to let go of that and give it to a community, all the money we'd invested in it from our old lives. It just wasn't in alignment. There was no way for that to work for us. So we, so we recognized we could hold on to the things that were no longer working for us and we could make space for something more aligned. You know, and now we sit here with a new retreat center here in the sacred Valley of Peru, absolute most beautiful place on earth, or definitely one of the most beautiful places on earth. So, so grateful to be here. And then we get to do our work in a place. It's a comfortable environment in the Andean mountains, the home of Machu Picchu and have these incredible four person 10 day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats, you know, plus speak to people like yourself and great internet uh, on podcasts and, and do all of our work. And it's, it's fantastic. But if any point, if any one point in my experience, if one holds onto those things that no longer serve you, then you're not creating space. You're not creating space for those things that really are in alignment for you. We'll just use an example. And it's, 
an analogy, but you can take from it what you will. The kind of idea is that holding on to things that are not in alignment for you might be like thinking about eating loads of candy before dinner. And then when you have your dinner there and you have this healthy meal that's actually in alignment for you, you've got no room and space for it because you've been holding on to all those things that no longer serve you. So that in addictions or, or situations, relationships, family members or work or foods or environments or media or whatever it may be that are out of alignment, we're actually poisoning ourselves. It's toxic to ourselves. So that detoxification process, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, is about letting go of all those things that no longer serve you. It's like weeding your garden out. It's like taking all the weeds out your garden so that the, the plants can really grow and flourish. So your own orchard can flourish in that way and that's really what the, the the plant medicines are absolutely exceptional at because it works in such a prolific and profound way that in a relatively short period of time these like ancestral wounds these karmic wounds these decades of trauma can be shifted and all of a sudden you've got a healthy garden and it's like wow where do i want to go with my life what do i want to do and i think that's when we start to acknowledge and accept and embody our limitless potential I want to talk about money for a sec because this is a this is a massive topic and not a lot of people talk about this. Um, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up because you, you mentioned it before that obviously you were quite successful financially doing what you were doing. Do you think that too many people chase that exclusively without actually being in alignment with the pursuit of that? And in saying that, do you think there's anything wrong with accumulating wealth or making money provided it's actually in alignment with who you are at your core, your values, your purpose, why you've been put here on this earth? Yeah, great question. Well, firstly, there's nothing wrong, period, with making money or accumulating wealth. There's no right or wrong. Only you know if that way that you're accumulating that wealth, what the trade-off might be, you know, if you have no free time or if you're actually just kind of bored and feeling numb eight hours a week, or if you're doing something that you don't feel is ethically in alignment with yourself, or you're actually feeling like that just doesn't feel good the way that you do that, only you can say if that is the path for you. There's no right or wrong or judgment in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing wrong with wealth or money inherently. It's just a label that we might add to that. Now, in terms of accumulation of abundance, what I would say, what that the, the realignment I'd like to share is that abundance is not only finance. Abundance can be time. It can be happiness. It can be energy. It can be relations. It can be love. It can be vacations. It can be a numerous amount of different things. And abundance can really be described as, I would say, a limitless potential to do whatever you need to do whenever you need to do it or an ability at least to do whatever you need to do when you need to do it. So finances can be one great way of being able to do that. Yeah. At the same time, if you've got all this money, but you've got no time, then you're lacking in the abundance of time. So really what I believe is that the only reason we do things that we don't prefer is because we don't actually believe that we can be supported in doing the things that we truly want to. If we had an unconditional belief that I can be supported doing whatever I want to do, my most happy, energetic thing, that it's going to be the most in alignment for me and I'm going to be supported, everyone will be doing that without a shadow of a doubt. That's so, so true. Because, yeah. No, you're right. Because, yeah. and one of the things I struggled with, you know, before shifting into this space is just that fear of what happens like i've got i've got a wife i've got two kids and you know just letting go of that 
that need and you have to put yourself in that uncertainty like you said before because if you don't put yourself in an uncertain situation then then you will never know it's impossible to know the outcome you know before before taking action but I think and not just for me I think a lot of people in my circle as well would would say that um well they definitely said to me that I was I was crazy you know for for leaving a you know a six-figure plus job with with other benefits and and things like that to pursue something that I felt I was going to be deeper or deeply connected with and then just sort of figure it out on the fly. So, I mean, but that took me some time to get to that point. I think, well, the question for you is how, how do people overcome this belief? I think this is the one belief that is keeping people stuck the most. They don't want to change or take a risk. They don't want to risk uncertainty in case the grass is not greener on the other side, as the old saying goes, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, all these all these sayings that we grew up with. And just the need for that. And, and we do need it, obviously. We need money buys us goods and services. Money can be used as a tool. So there is that fear there. What do you say to people that are letting that hold them back? I would say it's time to uncover what the fear really is about, where that fear really originates from. Now, again, wherever you might be in your life, if you're deciding that, you know, you have a six figure or however amount of income that you have, and you feel like I have a family, I wish to support my family. And this is what I prefer to do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with the acceptance of, I actually prefer to have this stability and, you know, find my creativity and joy and passion through other things or throughout this or create this life and this actually this abundance actually allows me to create in my free time or in other ways that kind of level of satisfaction so there's nothing wrong with that per se so the first thing i just say is like if you're if you're happy where you are if you're if you're ready to settle where you are there's no shame in that there's no shame in that but what i would say is begin to find those other things in your life that begin to bring you that joy and that passion Because really what we're looking for as humans, I believe, is to be able to experience that joy and passion through this human experience. We're not here forever. So firstly, recognize where you're at, accepting where you're at, you know, and then if you're actually at the point where you're feeling like that you're ready to take a risk, you don't have to kind of do some kind of like crazy thing and be like, great, I'm just like throwing in my job without any plan. And I'm just, the universe is going to take care of me. Now you can, and it probably will, but that might be like really stressful. Yeah, I'm not suggesting like that either, just... by the way. Yeah, that's not, but I tried that once about five years ago, six years ago, and I didn't have a plan and I learned some, some valuable lessons in that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be um, recommending that either. Well, thanks for sharing that, Simon. <laughs> what, what, what happened if you, if I may ask you? Well, I just got sick and tired of, of doing what I was doing. And so I, I knew I wanted to do something else, but I didn't, I didn't really have the belief. I didn't have the identity or the self-image that I needed to actually pursue something else. I had a bit of a, you know, a, uh, an experience where I knew I wanted change, but I didn't plan correctly for that. So I didn't have any mentors around me. I didn't have the right circle of influence around me. So I was in the wrong proximity. And so these are all lessons learn and I mean it wasn't catastrophic because you always you always find a way and I believe you do you know however if you're thinking about something or doing something else and which was the case with me 
there are definitely things you can put in place before you know you take that leap, which is why I asked this question as well. The money question was more focused around people that they've got this voice inside of them and they know they know they want to do something else. And they're sick and tired of doing what they're doing. And they're only doing they're basically a slave, a slave to money. You know, they're looking at the clock when they're at work. They can't wait to go home. They can't wait for Friday. And then they're dreading Monday morning. And then on the weekend, they're probably they're probably drinking, you know, copious amounts, taking whatever, you know, under the sun as well. So it was more those people that I was I was directing that question for. Yeah, that's great. I'd like to share a few things. Firstly, um, thanks for sharing that. Now, I would say, though, from what it sounds like, what I'm picking up on is that experience, even though it might not have been, quote unquote, a successful transition for you. It sounds like you learned a load of stuff so that when you finally did go out and do this, what you're doing now, you'd already integrated all those lessons of I need the plan. I need the right support. I need all those different things, which actually made that possible. So you could reframe that and recognize it sounds like you already have recognized that that wasn't necessarily a negative experience. And then simultaneously out to listeners, you don't always have to do the things, you know, you don't have to do what Simon's done or what anyone else has done. You can then start having that right support, you know, from this podcast, from other people in this podcast and actually start to recognize, oh, this is what, this is what's going to, you know, this is how I'm going to do it. So I'll talk when I set up, uh, because I'd set up a few different companies that are not, that um, were kind of just like doing okay. And I was kind of like in between and beforehand. But when I set up my, my successful company, when I was about 26, I, I, I knew when I, when I set, when I left the company that I was working at, I knew the clients, I knew the plan. I knew it was a done deal. I had everything set up and lined up. Now I'm not saying that it might not have been the most ethical way of doing that in terms of how I got those clients and, and kind of like how I kind of like made that kind of work around the loopholes of contracts and things like that. But I knew I didn't want to fail. So I had everything set up. I had my team set up. I had my company set up. I, I had everything to go and I had everything. So the transition when I was in there it was executed and that's what that was, that transition. So whatever you want to do, you where where, where you're at right now, where you're at right now, if you listen to this and you're like, okay, this conversation is the conversation that is going to push me over the edge in terms of I need to go and do things on my own. So what the, the false sense of going to things and doing things on your own or creating that life may be is that from this day forth, right now, right after you've listened to this podcast, you can start making an action plan for how you're going to set up this business or this life that you prefer, whatever that might be. It might not even be a business. It just might be something else moving or whatever you may be doing, whatever that plan is. And that action is being taken now. Like the execution, the actual leaving the job, the actual doing that, that's, that's not the first step. That's like a step so far down the line, which is just an actual, it looks like the big party piece, but it's actually, it's just actually like a passive, a passive part of this whole master plan of what you're, what you're creating. So yeah, wherever you are, but just start taking steps towards that life you prefer. And ultimately, if you've kind of got like a side job or you start building a business on the side or you start training in other areas and you start doing these other things, when a time's come to shift, it's kind of like the counterbalance from that weight. So you don't have to, you don't have to have that like knee jerk experience and have lots of stress. But it's absolutely doable taking those small steps. But really, the first step is being really honest. 
what do I desire in my life? Mm. Then if you, if you don't know what that is and you don't know why you're doing it and you don't know what you're doing it, I would say go back to the drawing board because if you don't know what you desire, then you're just going to be running around in circles and doing things just to escape something because it's not like, I don't know what I really want to do. I just know I don't want to do this. So let's get real, get real with what you want. And once you've got that, then you can create a plan about how you're going to create that. And then when you can have the right teachers, mentor, healing work or whatever is around you, then you can execute that plan in a way that the transition suits you, whether you are married with kids or whether you're just kind of in your 20s starting out, wherever your situation is, when you know where you are, when you know what you want, what you desire and how you're going to get there, then you can create the plan and execute that in, a, in an appropriate way. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so glad you shared that because everyone's circumstances is different. So every individual has completely different circumstances. They've got different desires. They've got different lifestyles that they're they're looking to acquire or that they're chasing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about working out what it is that you want. And I mean, you said it beautifully. I mean, there, there is a process. And I mean, how important is it as well, Michael, to be around different types of people as well? Obviously, going back to your days you know, drug addiction, alcohol, all that stuff. Did you find that you had to move away from certain groups of people or at least limit your time with them? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much the whole friendship groups that I was kind of with at the time, I kind of had to like shut that off because it, the people were, when, when, one, when one is shifting to a different experience, if people are not going to meet you at that vibration, then quite often they can pull you back to the vibration that you want in. And especially in that starting point of the path, you know, there's a couple of things like this. Say if you were starting at your own company and then all the other employees that you were working with, and then they're kind of against you and they would bring you down and say that this is something that you shouldn't be doing or you're crazy. Or like you were saying, other people don't understand what you're doing and they start bringing you down. Ultimately, the transition becomes when you're no longer ready to accept the negativity of others who honestly don't have your best interest at heart, who are either jealous or traumatized or unable to find the fulfillment in their own lives. So they'll spend their time trying to bring you back to the level that you want that. Because when you, when you move away from the pack, just like if you think about like um, Tour de France or something like that, like a bicycle race, when, the, like, when, the, when someone makes a break, it's like the other guys have got to go with it or the women have got to go. They've got to, they've got to follow that to keep up. And it's like, no, oh, I don't want to go. We're just going up a hill. I don't want to ride up the hill. So what they would rather do rather than go forward with you on that path, it just be just, it seems easier for them to pull you back. So you've got to be real honest with you and have an inventory. Who in my life is actually supportive of the changes that I want to make and who's actually going against me. And then being honest with that and, and not really allowing that negativity to prevent you from living the life that you deserve. Well said, mate. I've got two more questions for you before I let you go. The first one is about ayahuasca. Now, do you think it'll ever be assimilated into mainstream society? I know that obviously in Australia, it's it's illegal. Uh, many countries, it's illegal. So obviously, you've had to make a move to a part of the world where you can do what it is you're doing. So at some point, do you see that there might be on the agenda, there might be an opportunity where that may actually be the case? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot in, in the States at the moment. In the United States, there's a lot of decriminalization happening. You know, in, in the likes of Portugal, it's also decriminalized. Now, what the real the real reframing of this is when when we stop classifying things as drugs and we start recognizing these things as medicines. When we as a society 
in my experience, can actually have the best interests of the public health at the highest priority, rather than the dollar signs from the pharmaceutical companies, rather from the limitations of all of this different bureaucracy that is used to control and manipulate people. When that shifts, when we truly have the best interests of the people at heart, then naturally that would be more available, more mainstream. Caveat, plant medicines is not necessarily for everyone. It shouldn't necessarily be for everyone in the sense that some people might have contraindicated conditions, might be on pharmaceuticals, might have mental health conditions that could actually mean it would be dangerous for you to drink plant medicines. So really what it's about is creating awareness and education. And the more and more people that have these positive and profound experiences through working with uh, us and people like ourselves in safe trauma-informed ways, it actually creates some momentum and a movement where people begin to shift their consciousness and individually and collectively we can become more open to the power and expansion of our own minds and beings as we just all start to live more of the lives that we prefer. So these plant medicines are a tool for helping us to live the lives that we prefer. But the system and society as a whole, that's dangerous. It's dangerous for everyone to start thinking for themselves. It's dangerous if all the sheep wake up and are like, we don't want to follow this anymore. We want to start living our own lives on a mass scale. That's not great for the powers that be and the current systems and structures. So ultimately, I feel when those systems begin to collapse and crumble and reform in more aligned ways for humanity, then plant medicines will be a much more widely accepted part of that as the collective consciousness of humanity steps forward um, to become more enlightened states, more compassionate states, more unified states. But until then, I do feel that the powers that be will continue to restrict and restrain. So until then, come and see us in Peru. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, last question, what does it mean to be limitless for you? The, The limitless for me, is recognizing that I'm already whole, I'm already complete, I'm already healed. And then it's like this idea of a goal or a destination disappears. So taking everything that we've just said, and it's been quite goal oriented, it's been quite trajectory oriented, it's been, and these are very important steps of that process for reaching that limitless potential. But the limitless potential for me is a recognizing that anything that I do here cannot be wrong. And that's not in an egoic in terms of relatively in conversations, right and wrong. It's it's not talking about that. I'm not talking about an argument. It's that whatever I choose for my life, I can't be punished for being choosing what life it is that I choose to experience. The lessons, whether I choose left or right, whether I choose this country or that country, or I choose this way of being or this way of being, ultimately, it's all fine. So if you take away, if you take the idea away, there's any consequence or any negative punishment from doing the things that we want to do, then we, again, we would do all the things that we want to do. So say, for instance, my belief was my absolute highest happiness was being on the beach all day, 24 seven, being on the beach, surfing, uh, looking out at the at the sunsets every night, and that was my highest potential. The only thing that would stop me from doing that would be that oh, I don't believe I can survive in this way. So I'm going to have to do something different to survive. So this is quite an extreme example. We just want to bring it back to: if you could live your life doing everything that you wanted to do because you ultimately knew that you were going to be provided for, would you do it? 
And the question is now is how can you start living more like that? Even if you don't believe it, how can you start faking it until you make it? in grounded steps and in ways that you can start incorporating more and more ways of living limitlessly. In other words, recognizing that everything that you do, there's no wrong choices. There's no mistakes and that you'll always be provided for in that way. Start living from that place and start watching how your life might shift. Good answer. Fantastic. Thank you so much, man. It's been an awesome experience. Now people are probably wondering, how do I get in touch with this guy? Maybe they've heard about ayahuasca. Maybe this is the first time they've heard about it, but they're, they're thinking, you know, I'm going to explore this a little bit more and I'm going to look into this. How can they find out a bit more about you, Michael? And if they're interested in actually coming along to a, a retreat, how do they do it? Absolutely. Well, firstly, thank you everyone for listening. And thanks, Simon, for being a great host. It's been an absolute pleasure. So yeah, you can visit our website casagalactica.com and i believe that'll be in the show notes thank you very much casagalactica.com first we've got so much information about our 10-day ayahuasca healing and evolution retreats plus our online sessions trauma healing sessions intuitive design and branding helping you also to get you know your business off the ground helping you to step into that true life path through jamie's different courses discover your calling so we've got a whole plethora of uh, available ways that we can help you both online and in person so check out our website casagalactica.com we've also got an opportunity for you to connect with us for a 30 minute free consultation absolutely zero obligation so any of the stuff that's resonating on our site or anything we've shared today please go ahead and schedule that free 30 minute consultation or send us a message and get in contact and we can start the conversation and we can talk about your own personal set of circumstances, any fears that might be coming up for you, or even just talk about what it is that your intention is or what it is that you're trying to achieve. And we can let you honestly know how we may or may not be able to be of assistance to you. Yeah, I do have great belief in the work that we do. And in most cases, we are able to help vastly shift people's experiences through being reflections and helping you discover the truth of who you are. Also invite you just to sign up to the mailing list whilst you're on our site, because you're going to get a whole bunch of free goodies in your inbox. You're going to get a free trauma healing workshop. You're going to get a beginner's guide to strengthen your intuition plus 20% off uh, first online session with us. So yeah, go to our website. That's a whole hub of everything that we do. We're not on social media. So join our mailing list and receive all that goodies from us. And yeah, just wishing you all a beautiful, limitless life. There you have it, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, Michael. And I might have to take you up on this as well. I might have to come for a flight over there to uh, to Peru at some point and, and come and see you, mate. Well, thanks, Simon. We'd absolutely love to have you continue this conversation. And yeah, please feel free to reach out to me as well yourself if you want to if you want to talk more off on yeah. off air we can we can dive into that as well thank you so much for listening guys if you got value from this please give us a like and a subscribe and also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well i wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential